comedian Jack Radio at the Leicester Comedy Festival. This is Charlie Hawkin on Union Jack Radio at the Leicester Comedy Festival. We love a bit of comedy here at Union Jack Radio, which is why we are so happy to support Europe's biggest comedy festival. And every weekday evening for the next fortnight, we're going to introduce you to some brilliant comedians performing at Leicester this year. Let's start off with a chat with the brilliant Rosie Jones. I'm Rosie Jones and I am a stand-up sitting down. Union Jack Radio at the Leicester Comedy Festival. Have you stuck to your New Year's resolution? My New Year's resolution is to put myself out there more. I met a girl last night and I'm like... Why can't I marry? She just doesn't know it. I'm a psychopath. <laughs> She'll marry me. She will. At the end of a night out, what's your go-to food of choice? It's a cheap, big donut kebab. I love kebabs. When you were little, what did you want to be when you grew up? I had two dreams. I wanted to write children's books and I wanted to own my own bakery because I love a donut. So I've written a kid's book. All I need to do now is start the next Greg's show. Watch this bite. What can people expect from your show at the Leicester Comedy Festival? I mean, it's obvious, but like I'm doing a few shows here. A Q&A, a preview, a book reading. And really, I just want to spend that time chatting and having a bloody good laugh. Grab tickets to the Leicester Comedy Festival at unionjack.co.uk. This is Charlie on Union Jack Radio at the Leicester Comedy Festival and that was the brilliant Rosie Jones. Last weekend you would have seen her on the TV show Casualty and this weekend she's got a very busy time. On Saturday she's going to be doing three shows in one day. You've got her work in progress show in the evening. There's also the live Q&A with her with Leicester Comedy Festival founder Jeff Rowe. Or you can bring your kids along for free to a children's reading from her kids' book, The Amazing Edie Eckhart. And that's at Fox Books in Leicester. That was a brilliant chat with her. And now another fantastic comedian who you'd be aware of from 8 Out of 10 Cats and Mock the Week and Live at the Apollo. This is when I caught up with Catherine Bohart. Hello, thanks for having me. How are you? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited for Leicester. I actually, I think I love this festival more than is rational. For some reason, Leicester gets crowds, even has always gotten crowds um, at my shows, at least since I was no, like in no way known in comedy. So I'm very grateful to it and I'm excited to talk to you. Yeah, because I saw that in 2018, you were part of the Comedian of the Year Awards there as well. What was that like? It was at the time terrifying, <laughs> like nauseating, because I think it was one of the biggest rooms I'd played. It's a massive stage. Uh, now, 
I mean, uh, on reflection, I'm like, oh, I should have, I should have had some fun. But obviously, instead, I ruined it for myself with anxiety and fear. But we, we live and learn. Do you find that you make up for lost time when you're there now to almost like be like, I didn't party and enjoy it enough in 2018, so I'm just going to enjoy it as much as I can? Yeah. Also, I think um, g- having done comedy for a while, I think it's easy to sort of be like, oh, yeah, I guess you just go to Leicester and people just show up and that's like, that's just how it works. And then you go to other festivals and that's not, that's not just a given. And so I think I'm much more grateful for the fact that people really support it as a festival and really turn out. So, yeah, I think I... I enjoy it more. Is that why you're going to start your new tour there? Essentially, yeah, because I always enjoy Leicester. Also, I feel like the people who come to comedy in Leicester are proper comedy fans. Like they've seen all your shows before. They've seen a bunch of shows that night. They're making an evening of it. And it makes it a very exciting, like it's a very buzzy environment to gig in. So, yeah, I'm excited to start there. So your show is called This Isn't For You. Who is it for? I should say, <laughs> despite the title, Anyone is welcome to attend. In fact, I actively encourage them to do so. On reflection, not the greatest PR decision, but it remains the title nonetheless. But the show, you say the show contains horrendous life advice. What what do you give life advice on? I would say it's more um, that I'm a woman in her 30s who during lockdown was broken up with and people gave me an awful lot of horrendous life advice at that juncture. I think everyone was their worst, most panicked selves and most nihilistic existential selves. And then simultaneously, I wasn't expecting my relationship to break down and people around me weren't. And so their advice was panicked and bad. And so I talk a lot about that. Um, it isn't to say that I don't try to um, take some of it on board, but my goodness me, I hate to learn a lesson. So it was. Does that fun. mean you then you give equally bad advice to other people, or do you just keep yourself away from that? In many ways, none of us are qualified to be giving advice about many things, and yet we all try. And uh, I would say the show is in part about my own failings and hubris in that regard. So if I had any problems, I could just send them your way, and you'd just be able to help out. Even if you couldn't, oh, yeah, I feel if you like weren't you're qualified for help, do you have an issue? I, I am going on holiday with a four-month-old baby very soon. It's a long flight, but then I'm there for a week, so I can then relax a bit. Are you going with a partner? Yeah, yeah, and her family. Okay. okay, I think my best advice for that plane journey and indeed the holiday would be: say you'll meet them at the airport, and then don't go, <laughs> <laughs> and just have the loveliest week, quietest week at home. Or um, if your baby's not cute, which seems implausible, but let's just say it's not, make it cuter. Because I think people are more forgiving of the cute ones. So Yeah, because I am dreading that moment walking down the plane. And even if he was beaming and smiling, you're seeing everyone going, oh, God, oh, God. So. Yeah, you're going to want like a bear suit or some sort of bow. You can't go casual wear for the baby that day. Like it's not a little black dress kind of situation. It's like a, the most endearing outfit you have, I think. I, I will let you know afterwards whether I've even enjoyed the holiday or just enjoyed the week at home. I do like that as advice. Thank you very that's, much. That's my, my soundest advice, I think. So then if people want advice from you, you're going all around the UK afterwards with your tour. You're doing a run at the Soho Theatre. You're going all over UK and Ireland. You've obviously said how much you enjoy Leicester. Where else do you like gigging? Oh my gosh. I, I mean, Soho Theatre is such a dream because it's you get such an eclectic mix of people and it's really nice to bed into a show for two weeks. I'm really excited about that. Um, I mean, I'm excited for Cambridge, Oxford, Bath. I love, love, love gigging in Bristol. There's something about Bristolians where they just, they don't even heckle with like rude things. They just heckle with better stories. And I love that. <laughs> 
Um, and it, it's like it hurts, but it's it's a good time. Same with Irish people. And yeah, no, I mean, Scotland's always a joy to gig in because I feel like there's a cultural reference point. We understand. We come in at the same level of guilt, which is a nice way to start a show. Everyone already hates themselves and you work from there together. You have to sort of break English people down, but that's not true. The Scots, they're good to go. Um, oh, I, I'm excited for all of it. I really am. Oh, that's fantastic. So... Do you mind sticking around? We're going to play a game with you. And all we've told you is that we're going to play a game. We've said nothing else. Are you okay with that? It's ominous, um, but we're on Zoom, so I feel safe. Yes. Okay. Brilliant. So stick right there. We'll be right back. Union Jack Radio at the Leicester Comedy Festival. It's Europe's biggest comedy festival. 800 performers, 560 shows, 64 different venues. We'll bring you all the tip-top, first-class, cream of the crop, top-notch, five-star, finest. Yeah, you get the idea. Just the best shows from the festival. Throughout February on Union Jack Radio and Jack Radio Player. This is Charlie on Union Jack. We are joined by Catherine Bohart, who's ready to play a game, and it's called 3am Thoughts. How do you feel about that? Ready might be a stretch, but I'm willing, and 3am Thoughts feels anxiety-provoking, but okay. Well, we don't want to worry you too much, but we want to get to know you a lot more and sort of ask the questions that run round your brain at 3am... And I'm just going to ask you following questions like, have you ever called a teacher mum or had an equally embarrassing time at school? No, but I had a teacher who was too proud of me. And when I won a debate competition, put a picture of me on every swinging door in the school so I couldn't open a door without being confronted with a photo of myself. But also no one else could open a door without being confronted with a photo of myself from the local newspaper which made me whatever the opposite of a celebrity is in school. Everyone was aware of me, but no one liked me. So does that mean that just in your brain, you do have the rocking image of the door just swinging as your face just goes to and from you then? Yeah, I also have the specific image of people whacking the door in my face with my own photo. Yeah, yeah, it's it's visceral for me. <laughs> What's the worst present you've ever bought someone and how did they react? Ooh, um, oh, my family and I tried to recreate a childhood moment of my father's where he had spent a long time discussing this childhood train set and we poured our hearts into it and it transpired he'd misremembered. So when he came down and we were all like teary to be like, we're recreating your childhood. He was like, oh, no, sorry. No, I got that one wrong. That was a that was, that was supposed to be a farm set. So that was devastating was that just with the family were you hoping to go viral with it no one was filming at the time being like family surprise dad no one was filming but we were all like a little too moved by our own thoughtfulness you know like just like oh god he's gonna love it no nothing who would you invite to your dream dinner party Mm, just four good babies now that you've said babies (laughs) i'm like i'd love to hang out with some babies they're just a great time they don't talk back but they do love their food You always know they're appreciating it. Yeah, I think you just put me in the zone of babies. That's probably not what I would think at 3am. Perhaps I should reassess my answer. Well, it works for my next question because I was going to say what what would be your your menu at the dinner party? So I'm guessing it's just mushed mushed food, really. Yeah, it's just puree, puree and puree. Obviously a savoury puree, a larger (laughs) savoury puree and then a sweet puree. And then an entree puree, yeah, just to work your way through, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some sort of sorbet puree to clear the palate, yeah. And it helped them learn at the same time because you've got all the rhyming words and everything. 
what would you purees, obviously we can check allergies as we go too which is oh yeah and you'd have to do all the airplanes individually as well so you'd, you'd be able to entertain them all it'd what be wild that actually sounds wild i'm up for it do that and um, what would you like on your gravestone epitaph oh god do people know the answer to that question what a creepy freaking question <laughs> i like to think that i'll never have one because i'll live forever nice I like that. That's inspiring. Instead, it, it turns around the weird question into a motivational. Mm-hmm. My aim, I, what I like for it to say is to never say anything. As in no details, no name, just blank. So it's just a mystery. Because I've never died. Or have I? Who's to say? She's such a cool enigma. Mm. Brynn, I like that. You turned it motivational and then I will keep myself up at 3am by the fact that I asked you that question. So thank you very much for playing the game. <laughs> no um, so, so your your show this isn't for you it's the leicester comedy festival wednesday the 9th 6 30 at the big difference is there any i've got it written down in front of me i'd, I'd, I'd love to pretend that i knew it off the top of my head but i want to make sure i got it right for I'm you so grateful you do because i was like that's <laughs> loosely right sure i'm just gonna rock into leicester and be like what what's up where am i going great thank you i'll write that down is there anything else you'd like to promote Oh, I have a podcast called Trusty Hogs. So think reliable pigs, trusty hogs. Um, And that's with another comedian, Helen Bauer. And we endeavour to resolve issues for our listeners. We do often make the situation worse, but we try. Well, I will see how well your advice went for my holiday or non-holiday and then promote (laughs) the podcast based on that. I think you'll have a better holiday. It's just you'll also have a breakup. So it's not bad advice. They might be relaxed when they come back. After a week, they should be fine. And then I'll, I'll, I'll tidy the house or something. It'll be all right. Oh, gorgeous. <laughs> Brilliant, Catherine. Thank you so much for the chat. Thank you. Union Jack Radio at the Leicester Comedy Festival. This is Charlie on Union Jack Radio at the Leicester Comedy Festival. We're basically going behind the scenes at the festival, chatting to some very familiar names and also some names of comedians that you may not have heard of before, but we think you're going to love as much as we do. This is Jake Lambert and he's performing at the festival tomorrow night. Hello, Charlie. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you very much. Um, As I was just explaining to you, to let listeners know, you've just interrupted my lunch. But other than that, I'm fine. Well, no, I like that you've got the energy building. It means you're ready. And do you normally like to do work when you're hungry or mid-meals at all? I think some people use meals to sort of break up the day, but I'm using work to break up my meals. So it's a good way to do it. I like it. Stop (laughs) mid-meal, do a bit of work, and then go back and finish off lunch. Do you build that into part of a ritual? Do you like to eat before a show, or do you treat yourself to a big meal after a show? Do you work that in, or do you know what? It's often directed by who you're sort of on tour with, especially because I. a lot of tour support so some people really love the idea of um of going out for dinner afterwards but i find that insane because sometimes the 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 show's not done till half 10 so you're eating at 11 and then the next morning they're at breakfast because they'll get up and they'll eat loads for breakfast then have nothing during the day and not eat again till 11 and then they're at breakfast complaining that they haven't slept i was like that's because your body has been digesting a curry for the last seven hours so me I will eat, I mean, I will eat what right happened to the point I go on stage. So actually, maybe I should start doing that more, having a bit of dinner before and after. So personally, for me and in the future, if anybody supports me on tour, just know that we will have dinner before the show. And then after the show, we will go our separate ways for the evening. I was going to ask you about doing tour support, but I worry now if we name anyone, it will sound like you're slandering them and people think like, oh, this 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 comedian hey. goes for a curry at 11 o'clock and doesn't sleep. I'm happy to be the inside voice, the man sort of behind enemy lines for the public of what the comedians are really like. 
I'm like Louis Theroux in the comedy circuit. Buy you dinner as long as it's before your show and then you'll tell us anything. <laughs> That's me. Oh, I absolutely love that. So you're performing in Leicester. You've got a show Tuesday, the 8th of February, 6.30 at The Big Difference. I find I'm the glad story you knew behind... because I didn't. <laughs> I've got it written down for you. You don't have to worry about it. Um, and I find the story behind it fascinating so while other right. people were trying to look for bread in shops you were finding yeah. a german girl you'd lost touch with could you elaborate more on that <laughs> yeah i probably need to because <laughs> i think if, if anybody else how my lockdown was and i said that i spent it at home googling german girls it probably wouldn't come across brilliantly <laughs> basically because um when i was at university i f- found out i had epilepsy and then a girl who was there when i had one of my seizures really helped me and she was a German girl who was there doing like a exchange thing for a term Um, and she also had epilepsy but then when she went back to Germany she never had Facebook or anything she was very she was one of those people you meet at university who like anti like TV like do you know what I mean she was like into poetry and all this sort of things that I found really boring but she was like what you'd sort of the sort of student you'd see in a film that you don't really believe actually exists and so she never had social media. So we sort of emailed for a bit and then that was it. And then I was like, oh, I should probably try and find her. So I tried and I failed. And she didn't have Facebook. I was thinking, oh, actually, it's been a few years. She might have got married. So then I did like a further search. And then I managed to find her. Or, or did I? <laughs> well, there's only I one say. way to find out. Yeah. <laughs> to help sell tickets. Or did I? Oh, that sounds really interesting. You were nominated for Leicester Mercury Comedian of the Year in 2015. How does it feel to be returning back to Leicester? Oh, yeah. Do you have an affinity with the place or is it just a blur when you were there so you couldn't really enjoy it? No, no, that was nice. And then I also, did you have the other one? Do you have the other nomination there? Because I thought that you can say that one. No, I did feel you, like you um, can drop that as well. No, I'll let you. I was, um, so what was it in 2018? I did my first ever solo show and I was nominated for best show. Now, I don't want to say I have beef with Leicester on this, but they <laughs> nominated for me for best show, not for best newcomer, but it was my, I was a newcomer. So I was not really for best show, but I was up against people who'd been like, been going for years and years. It were like, how, like some of them I think were like household names. So I felt that was a bit unfair because for some reason they put me in the wrong award category. What I'm saying is I didn't win. <laughs> so instead of being a nice homecoming story, you're back for vengeance. You're back to show. I'm them back what for vengeance. Do. Yeah, I haven't forgotten. It's been four <laughs> years, but I won't let them forget. And obviously we know who you are, but people will be aware of your stuff even without knowing mm. who you are because you've written for eight out of ten cats stuff on comedy central mm-hmm. do you still enjoy writing is stand-up still the focus yeah stand-up will always be the focus of, of sort of recently sort of been turning down writing work if it's getting in the way of stand-up because you end up being in a role where you're making other people funny uh, when the aim is to sort of make me funny but um it is good fun and you learn a lot we're gonna take a short break now and we're going to come back with a game. We've not told you what the game is. Are you feeling nervous? No. It's basically we want to get to know you better. Right. Okay. It's also what I was just saying. So yeah. it's almost the perfect game. Perfect. So stay right there and we'll be right back. Union Chat Radio at the Leicester Comedy Festival. I'm Sakisa and I'm a stand-up sitting down. Have you stuck to your New Year's resolution? Yes, I have. <laughs> My New Year's resolution was to not have carbs and I have stuck. Wait, do you count Christmas cops? Uh, uh, yes, I have. <laughs> At the end of a night out, what's your go-to food of choice? If I had a really good time, 
I'll get some chicken wings. Um, I won't tell you how many, but I... <laughs> yeah, uh, so chicken wings is my go-to at the end of the night. When you were little, what did you want to be when you grew up? When I was little, I wanted to be a doctor when I grew up. I loved St Thomas's Hospital, which is near where I live. I don't know why. So I was obsessed with it and I really wanted to be a doctor. And then as soon as I turned 17, I realised I was not good at chemistry. So, yeah. What's something really unimportant that you're good at? I, I want to say, oh God, dancing. Yeah, dancing. I think it's not that. No, it is important. Um, oh, what's, what I'm really good at that's not important is drinking a lot, but not having a hangover. I can, I can go hard full with the drinking, but we never have a hangover. What can people expect from your show at the Leicester Comedy Festival? They can expect a party. It's going to be an absolutely great time. We're going to have some fun. Uh, it's probably the best parties in the world. Uh, but we like, I talk about different elements of what happens at our house party. Uh, so it's just going to have a great time. It's having a laugh. And I think after this last 24 months that we've had, I think everyone needs a good laugh. Yeah, you're going to have just a great time. and just have some fun. So come to the show. Where can people find you on social media? At Twix Comedy on Instagram, uh, Twix like the chocolate, let's not ask. They can also find me on Twitter at Sikisa Comedy, that's spelled S-I-K-I-S-A, because people always love to mess up my name. Grab tickets to the Leicester Comedy Festival at unionjack.co.uk. This is Union Jack Radio and we're with Jake Lambert. Hello, Jake. Hello, I've just been to finish the rest of my lunch. Thanks for that. <laughs> and we're going to play a game now called 3am Thoughts. Because oh, God. I just want to ask you about what's well, not too dark. It's more just like the random thoughts you get in your head at 3am. We want to really get to know you. So imagine that my voice has got lots of echo. You're sitting in darkness and just the, the random questions that pop into your head at that time. Yeah, okay, I reckon I can do that. Question number one is, what's the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened on stage? Um, actually, my first ever gig, I remember I was be, I was, I was concentrating so much on the jokes I was telling that I didn't take the mic out of the stand. And I felt like my trousers were like slowly falling down. I was like, it feels like they're falling down, but I don't know. I'm just going to sort of stand here and just sort of carry on telling the jokes. And then about two years later, I was at the Edinburgh Fringe and this girl Saskia came up to me and told me she was at my first ever gig. And she said, was it deliberately your trousers were falling down? Because <laughs> nobody knew. And I, I thought I'd got away with that for two years. So the most embarrassing thing that happened to me on the stage happened at the time, but I didn't realise it was embarrassing for two years. You could carry it off and, and be I like, it was, a work in, it was a work in progress. I was seeing whether that sort of comedy worked. worked. Something yeah. you can't do on Twitter. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> nice. What's the worst gift you've ever bought someone? Oh, oh no, she's not listening. I, oh, I mean, there's been a few. Oh, what was a what was it? Oh, I bought somebody one of those electric uh, fly swatters. Okay, and it was uh, my girlfriend at the time. But as we'd only been together for a month, it was technically the first thing I ever bought her. Did did they show in their reaction that they were pleased, or it wasn't the best gift? Either that, or she's she might just be the, the best actor I've ever seen. But she seemed thrilled. But I, I don't believe she was. I wouldn't have been. <laughs> what did she get you? Technically, yeah, nothing. A dead fly. Oh, well, there we go then. So at least it wasn't <laughs> just like a fly swatter and then a gold watch. So at least it was balanced that way, which is quite good. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, I'm not Del Boy, so I don't think a gold watch would be preferable <laughs> for me anyway, but thanks. <laughs> What's the most embarrassing school memory? Did you ever call a teacher mum? <laughs> oh, man. There's probably so many. I'll tell you what, this is very open. 
But I remember when I was in year four, we were queuing up to get into the classroom and my mum was talking to the teacher. And then every child sort of fell quiet as my mum then said to the teacher, Miss Chester, is anything going to happen in class because he keeps wetting the beds? And I don't know if something's happened to him at school. And I was like, well, if it wasn't happening in class, it is it's now. definitely going to be now. Yeah, so I was year four, which is quite old, I think. Certainly, I mean, admittedly, maybe too old to be wet in the bed. I don't know what was going on. I think the issue was I'm scared of the dark. So I think I was probably just couldn't be bothered to get out of bed at night. So I do apologise. I think that's a very good note to end this game. If it's based around <laughs> lying in dark, thinking about embarrassing stories. I think we found the peak embarrassing story and I can only apologise for dredging that back up for you. <laughs> and you can apologise on my mum's behalf because she's never apologised. She doesn't even remember it happening. I didn't mention it to her the other day. And every day <laughs> since then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the first thing I text in the morning and the last thing at night. Brilliant. So your show is Work in Progress and it's Tuesday the mm. 8th of February 6.30 at The Big Difference and is there anything else you'd like to plug? Yeah, I, I, I tell you where it's, where it's called. Oh, maybe it's changed its name. But I usually perform at the Cookie in Leicester. Or is that now Big Difference? That is now the Big Difference. So I was going to plug the place I used to be at. So it, it's gone under. <laughs> I mean, I, I should say, I am in Leicester again with Jack D at some point at the... Uh, uh, the Montford Hall? I've got it, 13th of May. It's May the 13th. And if Dang. anyone wants to see you elsewhere as well, you're also in Aylesbury, Southampton, Woking, Torquay. And you were in Dubai earlier on in the month as well? How was Which that? Was good. It was the, the venue was amazing. We performed at the Opera House. But it was just weird. Like, it's just a really nice industrial estate is all I could describe it as. Oh, just okay. buildings and then sand. So, like, Swindon by the beach, that sort of... That is actually what they have at the airport. Nice. <laughs> Thank you so much. And thank you very much. Divide, twinned with Swindon. <laughs> Sorry, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Union Jack Radio at the Leicester Comedy Festival. And that is the end of show one. Thank you so much to Rosie Jones, Catherine Bohart, Jake Lambert and Sakisa. And on tomorrow night's show, we're going to be joined by Richard Pulsford, who competed in the UK Pun Championships. We'll be getting a post-match analysis from him, as well as Jeff Olderman, Nathan Caton, and Issa Bon Achera. So make sure to subscribe to this podcast and listen to the next episode when it's available. This is an original podcast from the Jack Radio Network. Discover more on Jack Radio Player.